This is CliffCentral.com. Run is here. Uh, crypto man run. You can find him on Twitter. Everybody's talking crypto. I went out this weekend and again, every single conversation. You, you get it from the weirdest places and the weirdest people and it just shows you that this is about democratizing a new way of thinking about money, a new way of thinking about value, a new way of thinking about currency. So everyone's talking about it, and we check in with Ron every couple of days to just find out what's going on. Um, first of all, uh, welcome. There's, there's stuff going on with Bitcoin Wallet, CentB, right? Yes. This, guy, this guy's been talking, Lorian Gamaroff. Yes, so, so he's, a, he's a South African. He's one of the most knowledgeable guys on crypto. I haven't seen the CentB product because the product that they released wasn't for the Apple. It was for Android. Okay. And I'm on an Apple phone, so I couldn't, I couldn't test it. But uh, he's great, and he's, he's very talented, and one of the South Africans that's really making a difference. He's one of the early entrants into Bitcoin. Well, I saw you made a list of the 100 most influential people in cryptocurrency the yeah, other day. To my surprise, I, I got the list. Mm, I opened the list. You. I'm number 79 in the top 100 of uh, most influential I, 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 in the world. I was scrolling and scrolling, and I thought, okay, I don't, I'm not going to know anyone. And then suddenly, boom, you pop up. <laughs> so Run is one of the most 100, the 100 most influential people in cryptocurrencies in the world right now. So congrats on that front. Ooh. I saw also our mutual friend Vinny Lingham's on the list. And now this guy, he's got to be on there too, Lorian Gamaroff. Yeah, Lorian, Lorian isn't one of those guys that puts himself out there. So he's one of the, the, the old entrants into blockchain, and he is one of the smartest guys I've ever met. And to be honest, he taught me a lot of what I know about Bitcoin. He was, hmm. the, guy, he was the guy that got me started. And um, yeah, but he's under the radar, and he, he's one of those yeah. guys that keeps his head down and keeps working. Brilliant. I reckon there are probably a lot of other South Africans who have uh, entered the millions with uh, cryptocurrency. Yeah, there's, there's guys like Simon Dingle. I mean, Simon Dingle. Simon's smart. He's very smart. He's one of the most knowledgeable, another one of those mo- most knowledgeable guys out there. Well, Simon's going to be starting a little podcast with us too soon, so keep an eye on that. But let's talk quickly about this Bitcoin wallet sent be and, and why this is important. He says Bitcoin is going to die a horrible death. So... Gamarov has um he's bought into this Bitcoin Cash thing. Now now I, I must say I'm also a big bull on Bitcoin Cash. I think that Bitcoin, the way that it's structured is going to be a store of value, and I think that Bitcoin Cash may be the more transactional cash based system. Mm-hmm. So um Lorian was a, was one of the original Bitcoin guys and um he's very close to people like Dr. Craig Wright and uh, who 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 at one point claimed he was Satoshi Nakamoto. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, so Lorian is now has now bought into Bitcoin Cash, and I think if I, if I if I remember correctly, he sold most of his Bitcoin and moved his holdings into Bitcoin Cash. So he's got a dog in the fight, and that's going to color his arguments. He has an on. opinion. He has sure, a very strong course. opinion, and he's back. He's back to horse. He's back to dog. Sure. All right. Now that that being the case, do you agree that in 2018 we will see? Bitcoin die a horrible death, or will we just see a change in the function of Bitcoin? Bitcoin's not going to die a horrible death. It may become smaller relative to the other cryptocurrencies. So let's go a little bit back. Last year we had we have a, we have a measure called the Bitcoin dominance, mm-hmm. and the Bitcoin dominance percentage is the amount or the percentage that Bitcoin represents of the entire crypto market. Right now, the whole of last year, Bitcoin dominance went from about eighty to sixty, and it it remained at about sixty sixty five percent. Of the total crypto market for a whole year. Today, if I look at the Bitcoin dominance, I think it's around 30%. Oh, really? So that's not such a bad thing because what it means is it means that there's new startups, money's flowing into the new startups, and therefore Bitcoin is becoming a lot less significant. Right. And that kind of makes sense because think about it logically. 
if you believe in the blockchain and you believe that the blockchain is going to change every single industry in the world, and I think mm-hmm. I think we are at that point already, sure. it doesn't make sense that one token with one use case, which is a store of value, or maybe two use cases, a store of value and a currency, should keep 60% of the market. It's crazy. It, it didn't make logical sense. And I used to post about it uh, quite frantically on Twitter saying it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense. And now that's coming to, to fruition. And you can see that this morning the Bitcoin dominance is 34.4%. Okay. What's happening? Money is flowing into these new startups. We've had a frenzy of new startups starting. Um, I spoke to a guy last night, and I'm featuring him on my show on Thursday night. This is on CNBC? CNBC Africa, right. Channel 410, uh, 830. It's called CryptoTrader. It's the world's first televised cryptocurrency investment show, and actually still the only one in the world. Okay. Um, he invests in ICOs, and he mentioned last night that he put $20,000 into an ICO called Icon, and a month later, that $20,000 is a million dollars. There was another one called Dragon Chain, and there are a whole lot of these. It seems that we're in this place now that if you if you can get your hands onto a good ICO, you make 50 to 60 times your money. Jeez. So the money's flowing. For, guys are going, look, Bitcoin's mature. The market cap of Bitcoin is over $200 billion. Do you know, to get it to go to $400 billion means that we have to get $200 billion of new money. Mm-hmm. But if I invest in one of these small ICOs that's raising $20 million mm-hmm. and it goes to $100 million, I've made five times my money. So money's flowing out of Bitcoin which is the stable, mature asset, and flowing into these riskier ICO-type assets. And now in this market cycle, people are making money. But the crypto market has very fast cycles. So what happens is as soon as some of these ICOs go bad, and we, we saw it this morning, the Bitcoin price this morning is down 4% back right. to 13100 Ripple's but down 10% this R- morning. Ripple's going to keep going down. I said it on the show last right. week. But the ICOs or the, or the smaller caps are down 20 and 30%, which means that they are more responsive to market movement up and they're more responsive to market movement down. I think in the traditional markets, they call it a beta. And a beta mm-hmm. is, is how responsive the token or the share is to, to the general market um, uh, fluctuations. So these, these ICOs and smaller caps are much, much, much more volatile, but you can make a whole lot more money. Now, can you on these ICOs put in buy orders – no. So an ICO is essentially a bunch of people who are launching their own token. And right. What, and the process of launching your own token is you issue this thing called a white paper. A white paper is the roadmap mm-hmm. and what you are inviting people to participate in. It's the equivalent of a stock market prospectus. Okay. And what you do then is you look, you read the white paper and you decide if you want to contribute or not and you put yourself in what they call a whitelist. A whitelist is a bunch of people who have had their identity verified and are ready to participate in an ICO. And then at a certain time, the gates open and they say, if anybody wants, jump in. And it usually works on a first come, first serve. And they raise money. Once they've raised the money, they close the ICO. So say, say Gareth's raising $12 million to, for cliffcentral.com. Mm-hmm. You close your ICO and then you issue tokens to, to anyone that was successful in the token sale. So, How does this affect, just to, before you carry on, how does this affect venture capital? I mean, this has changed the whole way that we view venture capital, particularly in tech startups. They used to have to go to a major company and ask them for an, an, an investment. Now you can do this and you can raise the money that you need to get your company going without having to, to seek out one investor. Pretty simple. Venture capital is dead. Yeah. Venture, the, I don't have the exact numbers, but I think about $4 billion has flowed into ICOs this year. 
or maybe even more now, and I'll talk about a specific ICO in a second. But um, I think at the at the time when $3 billion had flowed into ICO, something like less than $500 million had flowed into venture capital. So venture capital in my mind is, is absolutely Finished. dead. Why? Because the blockchain has made markets more efficient. I don't have to go to a venture capitalist. And then it depends on a human factor of one person or whatever else it might be. Go to the crowd. Let Correct. the crowd make a decision. And if in, their, in their collective wisdom, they decide that your business is a good idea, they'll throw in money. Venture capital is a form of centralization. It's people with a lot of money, centralized control of money. Right. And they make decisions. It's a form of centralization. Now, the blockchain's promise is to eliminate centralization. And so... And unnecessary fees and clutter and bullshit. Correct. Correct. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So what I've heard is that there are a couple of new ICOs coming online soon, and some of these might be very interesting opportunities for people. Yes. So there are 40 ICOs that come onto the market every single day. I must, every day? Every day there are 40 Jeez. ICOs, that are, at least 40, that are coming onto the market. I must stress that a lot of them are scams and a lot mm-hmm. of them are not great. And don't buy because your friends are telling you that there's a great ICO. You've got to no. do your due diligence, etc., etc. On Thursday night, and I'm not going to give away who the guest is, but on Thursday night, I'm interviewing someone on my show who's the king of ICOs. And what this guy does is he makes a spreadsheet based on all the data points, and he he decides whether his ICOs are going to be successful or unsuccessful. His spreadsheet has been spot on, and he's hit in the last two weeks five tokens that have made over 50x profit in the ICO. Wow. So just try and understand how genius his methodology is. Because so he goes through the fundamentals. He goes through whether there's a working piece of software and he goes mm-hmm. through whether there's a great team behind it and they've got a great roadmap. So he goes through it's the a fun- lot of work. It's a lot of work. But he has a community of 20,000 people that contribute to the work. Right. So, so he's crowdsourcing he's research. crowdsourcing research. So once he's got the fundamentals in place, he does something very smart. He plugs in a bunch of metrics including how fast did their Twitter grow, how fast did their Telegram grow, mm-hmm. how fast did their Reddit channel grow, etc., etc. And he looks at those data points, and based on the rate of acceleration of growth, he can forecast more or less where the ICO is going to open. Just because that's the number of people involved in that company. Correct. Now, try and bring that back to old world shares. You know, most of the shares didn't even have a Twitter account, Mm-mm. let alone a Reddit account or so it just shows that when you open this thing up and you become decentralized, you get a whole lot of new data points. And these new data points can give you amazing insight as to whether an ICO is going to open up or open down. And I've seen the spreadsheet, and I'm going to show it on my show on Thursday night. It's phenomenal. It, it's almost impossible to go wrong because you've got all the data points. And the data points have compared it to all ICOs with similar hype. So he can kind of forecast two weeks before the ICO exactly where the ICO is going to open. And make a decision how much money to put in. It's it's absolutely incredible. That is incredible. Can you tell me quickly about Neo? That's the that's like Chinese Ethereum. Yeah. So Neo um, Neo oh. was the Chinese Ethereum. It was a very small company early on this year. It was it's um, the founder or the lead maintainer is a guy called Dai Hongfei. Mm-hmm. Very smart people um, who live in China. And at the time when they established Neo, they established it as the Chinese Ethereum. In other words, right. a platform for Chinese companies to raise ICOs. And then bang came the Chinese government and banned us and banned all crypto trading. So everybody thought it was the end of Neo. So Neo put their head down and said, you know what, we're not going to be a platform for ICOs, but we're actually going to build real world blockchain applications on our, on our platform. And here we go. We're starting to see the results. You know, I'm, I'm really one of these people that doesn't believe in buying up these hyped, 
these hype um, tokens that have had a huge run. But I kind of get the feeling with Neo that it doesn't matter where you enter. Just get into it and right. hold it. Um, look for the dips. Buy Neo because I really think that this is one of those those, those tokens that has a, a huge amount of potential and could take on Ethereum. I just want to uh, lay it out for lay, for lay people what that actually means. When the internet launched, when TCPIP launched, we didn't have a choice of which TCPIP to back. Mm-hmm. So we, we kind of got given this thing and said, here's the internet, now use the internet yeah. as you wish. Now we're getting a choice as to which internet we want to use or which technology to power the, the internet we want to use. You which can, on-ramp you want to get onto the highway on. Yeah, which highway you want to get onto. Right. And um, so you've got like this, this competition between Ethereum and Neo and, and there are a whole lot of others, which is quite exciting because you can now take multiple bets on multiple blockchains who may serve maybe different industries or different use cases or different applications. So I think that the play now is to get yourselves into as many of these, these platforms as possible. So it's almost like I say to you, Gareth, don't invest in a website because a website has a very high risk of not doing well. Rather invest in the internet, which is the, the platform that powers all websites. And don't only invest in one internet. Invest in five iterations of the internet in the, in the, in the, in the, in the possibility that one or two of them will actually be the right ones. Right. And that's called we, you're investing in a platform, not necessarily in the applications on the platform. Right. Okay. Um, let's just talk about uh, junk food meeting junk money. Apparently, KFC have started selling Bitcoin bucket. Yeah, I saw something like that. I haven't confirmed it. I, I, I didn't know if it. I didn't know if it was a joke, but it, but it, it seems like it like it's there. Um, also, there's there's energy finance that's starting to happen with Bitcoin, right? Yes. Uh, you say energy finance, you mean uh, uh, power? You, you, power. Yeah. Power, as in electricity. It's, it's one of the best use cases of of Bitcoin. There's an um, Australian company which has done something incredible. Uh, the company called Power Ledger. Essentially, if you've got spare solar panels on your roof, you can sell them for tokens. You can enter the grid and you can sell your power for tokens. That um, that ICO was featured on my show. Uh, I think it's done 20x return on its ICOs. There's a South African company. I'm not sure when the ICO is going to be. It's called the Sun Exchange. And what they do is exactly that model. They, they put up uh, solar panels in schools and, you know, and areas, and they let these schools earn money by selling tokens uh, in, in, the, in the power generated. And that's, a, that's generated by a startup in South Africa at a, uh, an incubator called Techstars in Cape Town. Fantastic. All right, so it's changing our life whether we like it or not. And all those people who keep saying, oh, this crypto stuff's a bubble, what do you say to them? I don't think a lot of them are saying it anymore. You know, it's just so funny because we did a, a crypto meetup in Cape Town on Sunday. And after the crypto meetup, I was wearing a Bitcoin shirt and I went to eat some dinner at Willoughby's at the, at the waterfront. And um, this lady, she must have been in her 70s and her husband was sitting opposite and he was also in, probably in his late 70s. And he looked at my shirt and he said, now that's a smart boy. And I looked at him and said, why? And he said, well, you bought, you, you clearly, you clearly bought Bitcoin. And he started telling me about all these coins that he had bought. And then his wife pulled out her phone and she started showing me that she had bought Ripple. And, and, wow. and that's the, that's the someone in their seventies. That's a 75 year old couple. Then the waiter caught the conversation and the waiter gave me a 15 minute thesis as to why he thinks the Bitcoin price is actually just going to continue going up. Wow. So crypto is mainstream, whether you like it or not. Um, let's not, let's not fall back on this thing and saying, well, it hasn't yet hit penetration. It's mainstream. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's buying it. Um, it sets us up, unfortunately, for probably a little correction somewhere along the way. But if you're bullish on blockchain long term, the correction doesn't matter. And just sit tight. Just sit tight. But don't go into the bad ICOs and don't go into the bad cryptocurrencies that you think are going to fail. Exactly. 
Right, and who knows who those are, but you can use the fundamentals to check them out. Watch my show this week, and I didn't come here to punt my show, but I've, got, I've really got a very special mm. guest who, in my mind, he's the first guy that's put some kind of metric to ICOs. And that, that for me, is, is the game changer. Well, we're going to be starting uh, very shortly. Uh, we're going to be starting almost uh, daily, uh, occasional updates with runs. So if you don't think this is enough to have him in once every two weeks or so, then we're going to have a lot more regular updates starting soon. Yeah, I think uh, my opinion, I think every every uh, podcast, every radio channel, every TV channel should report Bitcoin or talk about crypto. It baffles my mind. You're still the only TV show? We're still the only televised TV show in the world that is dedicated to crypto. Unbelievable. We've caught the attention of uh, of NBC in America, though. They, we, I'm flying to the States later this month and uh, getting a feature on uh, CNBC Fast Money. Good. T- yeah, to talk about Africa and blockchain and w- what we're doing here because – they seem to think we're pioneering stuff because we're the only guys that have had the guts to start a, a crypto show. Right. And I mean, ha- hats off to the guys at CNBC because they they were the guys that bought into the idea and said, let's do something revolutionary. And it's paying dividends. It's it's by far the highest watch show on CNBC. It's, it's paying huge dividends for them. Well, there we go. And we're going to be bringing you some more of that right here on cliffcentral.com as well. Thank you, Ron. Thanks, guys. Good. Nice to see you. Awesome. This is cliffcentral.com.